Uh, if the show grows, we will never forget you. Uh, and we'll always remember, uh, which is mean, which is what I mean by never forget, which makes that redundant. But all right, hello, Great Minds. <laughs> it's Friday, and that means it's time for Drinks with Great Minds in History as we get ready to look at two of Europe's most impactful monarchs, King Philip II of Spain and King Louis XIV of France. So welcome to the show, everyone. As always, I'm your host, Mr. DGMH, otherwise known as Zach DeBacco, teacher in purgatory by day. Oh, let's go with semi-professional podcaster by night. Of course, the second is better, way more fun and enjoyable, and it's mainly because I can drink, which I can't do during the school day. Of course, as it is shots, I am joined by the first lady of shots, old three-finger Jack herself, Kelly Rizell. How are you, Kelly? I'm good. I wanted to give a shout out to... Um... Both of our former student, Crystal, who I got to see over the weekend, who also loves the podcast. So, ooh, ooh, hey, ooh. Oh, Foxy, Crystal. Foxy. So, hey, Crystal. <laughs> hey, Crystal Foxy. Uh, so, Kelly, anyway, how are you today? You doing well? Yeah, we're doing awesome. School's almost over. So can't beat that. Can't beat that at all. Can't beat that at all. Well, up next, speaking of school, is my high school history teacher, the poet, and you didn't even know it, Cullen of Aragon. I'm kidding. It's Cullen Farrell, everyone. Cullen, did you happen to listen to... Um... I did. I heard your little jab about me confusing Catherine and Isabella, and I was going to make a little text to you, but I was driving at the time. Uh... Yeah, so I just swerved out of the way of, uh, of an oncoming... Uh... Yeah, uh... I, I heard funny i'm glad you heard it i just i had to yeah. do it but yes no no um, it's good what was better was your meme the one you posted the one oh i love it yes yeah. the two things yes oh kelly pick, yeah. kelly touched the fucking mouse every time kelly touches the mouse tonight everyone her screen goes black just in case no it, it said like it died but well, I, you're right there we can hear you i know i don't I, i'm plugging it in it's because we said Catherine of aragon we curse of Catherine. any Catherine counts speak yeah. so Cullen, are you I'm doing well <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, we were just saying I'm done with school now and I'm off for 15 months on a sabbatical. I'm taking some classes online and just going to come come back a uh, year after this next and be more refreshed. It's been a hell of a two years teaching with COVID, so I, I needed a break. Absolutely. So. It's been a hellacious two years. And then that brings us, well, Colin, glad to have you here. Of course, Kellen and, Colin and Kelly were here last time. But of course... After some long scheduling conversations, we were able to to book a very high profile, hard to get guest tonight. Uh, you know, we didn't have him last time, but this time we were lucky enough to have our Yinzer with the Yingling, the apple pie patriot himself, the man with a mouth full of Skittles, shots regular guy, Luke Franchuk. Hi, Luke. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Zach. Hi, everybody. Well, hey, I'm going to say it. And even if it makes him beat red like a tomato, I'm going to say it. Luke shared some great news with us tonight. Luke has been on a health kick down 20 pounds, growing a goatee. And ladies, he is heading to London, England. So all of you beautiful Brits, please look out for Luke Franchuk because he is looking fine and he is looking for love. So um, at, at as of 11.15 tomorrow, the summer of Luke begins. Ooh! Uh, yes. Can't stand ya. Can't stand ya. Yes, we're ca I'm calling. I'm gonna be. I'm, I, I've already told my friends. Like I, I have, I'm gonna have a rotation. Like I'm one day. I'm gonna be at your house. The next day, I'm gonna be at your house. And the day after that, I'm gonna be at your house. And it's just gonna be a three day rotation. So none of us got a call. 
Zach? So, so what you're saying is, wait, one of us, none of us got a call. That just hurts. And two, we're all too far away. I'm sorry. Oh, Cullen's up on the lake. Well, I'm an hour. The lake. I'm yeah. an hour. And number yeah. two, uh, I even golf with him. Does does this mean that we're gonna get on the boat all day, rum and coke, Luke, this summer? Oh my yeah. God, I love. <laughs> I, I, I am on the record as saying I'm going to consume alcohol every single day this summer. Do we have to go on the record for that? I didn't know we had to do that. Uh, I that is a promise that I have made to myself that I'm going to drink alcohol count? every single day. The, I am so I am so excited for this summer. So that is uh, awesome. You have to take. I, I expect. Well, I mean, if you want to post a picture of you drinking every day, you can. But I expect yes. to see lots of. You should day one yeah. of Luke's drinking. You should yes, post every. If you're terrific. drinking every day, you should post a picture of you drinking every <laughs> single day. Scottish Scottish whiskey or yeah, no, but not just ale. on your trip. The the summer of Luke. I yeah, want to see pictures on the Facebook group every single day, and I'll share them to the Twitter and Instagram. That's Great. all. That is, I dedicate one hundred percent. Other than advertising new episodes i decree that every other picture on my instagram for tgmh will be a picture of luke drinking this summer this summer <laughs> i hereby decree that that will be the, that will be 90 percent of our instagram feed because i honestly don't enjoy posting instagram so uh luke is on his way to london we talked all about our summer travels in the patreon pre-game listeners just check that out there comes kelly rising literally like the sun that was blinding i don't know what that was uh she's back on. oh no it literally was bright orange when you came back in but luke how are you doing tonight i am terrific that's fantastic i'm out of skittles oh no well that means you'll hey that means you won't be able to give me that little shitty look the whole time that you sit there and eat your skittles when you're pissed i got i got jelly beans today oh that's that's why we have a patreon account isn't it so we can rebuy i will send you a bag of skittles even though the patreon account doesn't even give us enough to pay for advertising yet but we still appreciate our patreon listeners that is growing we had a brief period where i got like we got, but I consider it we, not me. Um, we got like five new Patreons and I was like all like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, is it happening? Is it happening? Is it happening? It, it stagnated again. But the Patreon support means that we can actually save a little to maybe do some advertising, to try and grow the show so we can keep doing this because of course I can't type the next script right now. Uh, so <laughs> I don't even know. It should be healed enough to start typing in a week, but I janked up my finger moving it. I got caught in my pant leg but i was folding it down and literally just it's called jersey finger or something and like if you take this off my fingers like uh so kelly did i not show you today no no oh, i'll show you i'll show you tomorrow but i don't want to take it off because it's a pain in the i don't have any tape to rewrap no, it that's smart. it's just annoying it didn't hurt but it's like really all like bent up i don't even know how to describe it is an it's injury like, that happens with when the with the hand clenched and the finger is forced to extend abruptly all i know is i i ruptured a tendon apparently which makes it shoot in one direction it's just a minor thing it takes like two three four five six seven eight weeks to heal he basically said it might take two weeks might take eight weeks but whenever it's healed it's healed i'm like thank you doctor uh here's my money goodbye it usually happens to football players right i know sports (laughs) fucking sports they got me i can't believe it but uh so what's everybody drinking tonight Colin, you want to go first? You were first, Tim. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the old Spaten uh, German Munich premium lager. So it's what I had in the fridge. It's what beer is supposed to taste like. It's what beer is supposed to taste like. And, uh, and yep. speaking of, always says about that. Uh, no, we won't go there. We'll go to Kelly next. Kelly, what are you drinking tonight? I'm trying a new beer tonight. Uh, Sam Adams Porch Rocker. Ooh. It, Let me see the bottle. Their seasonal summer. Oh, I want it. 
I want it's it so really bad. Good. It's it kind of, it's like a summer shandy, but not as yeah. sweet. Can you buy it in a six pack? Yeah, I did buy a six pack okay, today. Then, uh, I will buy a six pack and try that. But it's I'm it's only, really good. I'm yeah. only doing beer one night a week right now, which brings me to my drink, Bloom London Dry Gin, in honor of Luke Franchuk going to London. Ladies, look Very out. Nice. But more importantly, oh, Luke is in Bloom, ladies. All right, no. Uh, so, no, the reason I'm drinking Bloom, though, is it's a fitting liquor choice. Uh, one, I'm on... Uh, my 25-year-old sister and 25-year-old cousin, Cullen, that will be Brielle, or cousin, oh my God, that was, see, Habsburgs are fucking me all up. My 25-year-old sister and her 24-year-old husband are coming to the beach with us, and they started a competition without telling us, well, I basically have to go like beer once a week, cut down on sweets officially right now, so I'm on liquor for this episode which is totally fine. Uh, but I'm drinking Bloom Gin. Why? Because Philip II was all about that botany game. He sent people over to the New World to research flora and fauna, which I mentioned in the psych episode, which hasn't aired yet for this recording, but will have aired when you listen to this, listeners. But Bloom and Bloom, here we go. Uh, and it's a fantastic, delicious gin. And I am drinking it just on the rocks. I, I don't need anything else with gin. Gin and I get by just fine. Uh, but this might be worse than wine because I'm just hitting that gin. I am just hitting it. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. And then finally, that brings us to Luke Franchuk. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. Luke, could you remind us, what do you drink on this show normally? I am enjoying an ice-cold yingling lager from America's oldest brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. A traditional yingling lager? A traditional yingling lager. Oh, fucking delicious. I actually drank all my yinglings. And then the last one, it had been in there for about three. I bought a 24-pack. It was in there for about two months. And literally, I was like, oh, this is, might be getting a little skunky. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. It's still good. Yeah. I, I call it aged. You know, people say some beers age. I stand by yeah. Oktoberfest. Sam Adams' Oktoberfest mm -hmm. is better yeah. after two months past the date marked on the bottle. Listeners, not mark that down. All right. Well, let's get to it. It's Philip II v. Louis XIV. Unsurprisingly, Sherry has little time for either of them. But she did say Philip was certainly better than Charles II. Uh, but Sherry's not here tonight. So it's the Shots team and me discussing these two great and very incestuous minds. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. So I really enjoyed asking last time, what are your thoughts on our newest great mind? Because I feel like what used to happen is I'd introduce a new great mind. And then by the time we got to us, we were talking about a new and an old. And I feel like I never gave you a chance to share your thoughts on Philip II. So what are your thoughts, whether you listened or not to the main episode on King Philip II of Spain? Kelly, you want to go first? Yeah, my initial thoughts were who? And then when I actually started to listen to your episode, it was like, oh, yeah. So I feel like he's one of those guys who did a lot, but you kind of forget about him in yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know the events, you don't know the king. Exactly. Um, so that's kind of how I felt about him. Like, I felt bad. <laughs> do you think, do you, not that I want to jump into comparisons, but do you think that's true for Louis XIV, too? Do a lot of people know the event? No, you know Versailles Louis XIV. I know, I know who Louis, Louis XIV is, because I am it. not a world history buff by we, we any can't. level. We can't stop ourselves from comparing the two. I just can't help it. Well, Luke, what about you? Philip II. Um, Philip II is a really interesting uh, historical character. Kind of looking at the footprint that he left, it was deeply Don't skip devout. to the end. I know, I'm skipping. I'm, just ignore that. I didn't know what, what other word to use. It's the summer of Luke. You're right. He's um, got a big footprint. It's the summer of Luke. Oh, geez. He's got a, he's Ladies, got a big it's the summer of Luke. Uh, he, he really saw himself as the defender of Catholic faith in Europe and, and really... Universally, um, I think I'm going to come to hate 
the summer of Luke. By oh the no, of this no, summer. no one will hate the summer of Luke. I am a gift. I am a just, gift. I just tell him not to do something. And he's like, it's the summer of Luke. Fuck you. It's like the time where he said, it's your show. Do what you want. And then I did what I wanted. He's like, it's you. It's your show. You what you want. <laughs> summer of Luke. All right, Luke. So you like Philip? You're impressed by Philip? Or where do you stand on Philip a little bit? Like, did you enjoy um, learning about Philip? Or do you already know everything? Now, see, I didn't know that. Like, I knew Louis the Fourteenth. You don't. We froze a little bit there. Luke, you there? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm here. You what did you say? You know I, Louis I, the 14th. I knew Louis, Louis the 14th. I didn't know Philip the second. I think Philip's actions are more noteworthy than the person himself. Ooh, I like that thought moving into our discussion. Colin, what are your general thoughts on the Philip episode of Philip the second? I, I liked it. I, I did know who Philip the second was, obviously being the world history teacher. It's something we cover in class, but I liked your take. It seemed as you unpacked the episode, I could almost sense your feelings about the man were changing as you were writing that script yeah it was. and that was really cool to watch uh, over time the arc of you like going man this guy's horrible you know he's a lot of baggage and and i think the pro thing is i don't have to go with the rise and fall theme i'm not i'm not sticking to chronology anymore so it's not like oh he does this then he does this then he does this it's, i'm sorry what the fuck was that <laughs> It's the summer of Luke. If you want the summer of Luke, are you smoking a cigar right now? No, no, it's my vape. It's just my vape. Jeez, Luke Franchuk vapes. I'm sorry. Oh my! You know when I smoke cigars inside my house? Do you know what I said? This is the this is the compromise that I came. I don't even. We haven't even gotten to the fucking history yet. But do you remember when I said I think I'm gonna come to hate the summer of Luke? I might already. I hate the summer of Luke. And it could be the gin talking, but still. All right. Cullen likes Philip. Cullen appreciated my disdain, my growing disdain for Philip, which I came to realize too in my entertainment rating. I was like, I just am starting to hate Philip the second. But then when I did the incest chaser, I was like, oh, I feel bad for Philip the second. The, the second thing I was going to mention before a cloud of vapor went across the screen Seriously, and we all lost Luke. our minds. Where's your skills? Um, I liked yes, good. He went from one bad habit to another. Seriously, Skittles, Skittles yeah. Vaping. Um, the second thing I thought was interesting, you you put forth the idea was it the chicken and the egg? Was mm -hmm. it that Philip ruined the empire, or did he arrive at an empire that was on the decline and there was nothing he was going to do to fix it? Right. Was it his father's was fault? Was it Isabella's ball rolling? Was it? I think that and the people after him, he was. I think that the ball was rolling downhill almost, and he was the only one that could slow it down. His heirs couldn't do anything to slow it down you know and that was i think part of the why philip is the apex because he inherited such a powerful kingdom and he did so many great things but then he just couldn't stop at all yeah. and that's but, the old ar argument is the man like smaller or bigger than the times or the times bigger or smaller than the man you know it's i don't know yeah. philip is a bit of an anomaly to me i i've I, I, as we go more and more into it i've come to appreciate philip but i just i got a little tired of him there for a second but well i guess we should uh we should move to shots heard around the world that is to say uh let's get to the questions for tonight as we have noted on every episode in season three i have brought back the timer because literally we have become such close friends that we could talk too long uh so i'm gonna put 20 minutes on the clock for us to debate these two great minds ask a few questions and then of course you guys tend to have your own questions to ask so technically 20 minutes and 16 seconds are on the clock our first question of louis the 14th and philip the second who do you believe did a better job expanding their state and i i have expanding in quotes meaning it doesn't necessarily have to mean land grabs 
who who better managed their state, grew their state, made their state stronger? Do we want to go to the default to the world history teacher first? I can take a stab at it. Okay, Luke, go ahead. I'm going to say Louis the Fourteenth. Explain. Because was he the one that had to get rid of the fronde? Was he the one involved with the fronde? He was the one who inherited the fronde. Yes, he was a boy king. Yeah. Okay, so so he was able to kind of consolidate power over that. He solidified the absolute monarchy of Europe, or, or what absolute monarchy came to be in Europe. I guess I should I should say. He, and and Versailles is just um, a physical embodiment of that. I don't see how anybody, regardless of Philip's achievements, could be considered a, a, a greater expansion of, of their state. That's that's interesting, and I don't normally jump right in after. Luke, did you have anything else to say? No. I mean, I, I will throw a nod to El Escorial, the, the palace that came 100 years or, yeah, well, 50, 60 years before Louis and was, you know, equally impressive. I've never seen it, but I would certainly like to. Um but, you, you know, when it comes to expanding their state, I think there's the literal expansion and the the internal, the metaphorical expansion. I think you're right to point to Louis expanding Versailles, coming out of the fronde. I think that Philip inherited a kingdom ready to go. Uh, Isabella and Carlos I had, had built a, a powerhouse of a state, whether they overextended it or not. Philip inherited success. Louis inherited mess, the Thirty Years' War, the fronde, uh, a, a growing sense of the king plays king. The state is run by the first minister, Richelieu's and Mazarin's. And Louis said, fuck all, and did whatever he wanted. Philip didn't say fuck all. He did whatever everybody else did. And it worked for a while. Uh, you know, I, I want to jump to footprint so bad. I just can't help myself because I, I, I think we're going to have such an interesting footprint discussion. But in terms of expanding their state, I do have to give a nod to the physical expansion, whether it be the Philippines or solidifying and actually governing control in the Americas. Louis' state expanded very little bits. And he did consolidate control in the Americas, but in terms of actual expansion, Philip Philip grew Spain and, you know, stood up to his enemies. I, I don't know. Expanding is a weird word. I regret picking it, but Colin Kelly, what are you thinking? I agree with Luke, um, with Louis XIV. I mean, he is France. So just the embodiment of that in itself. And I felt like Philip didn't really necessarily expand France, or excuse me, expand Spain, but he expanded more of the catholic church so i felt like if anything he was more of a vessel for that body as opposed to his specific country i see i would agree with you except for the one point that i don't think you can separate the two in philip the second spain i don't think you could separate the the body politic of spain and the uh the catholic church they are symbiotic i don't know yeah. you know they mutually benefit from each other but i agree with your point a hundred percent i just don't know if philip would have seen it that way he definitely won though <laughs> no 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 colin um i'm gonna go the other way and say philip ii uh expanded his state more internally maybe louis did all those things but externally you know philip ii will project spanish control over an entire continent all of south and central america as well as jumpstart the silver trade and remember the silver trade those galleons weren't made to invade england they were made to take gold across the pacific to the philippines which are named after him and that's where they would store the silver so they could use the silver to break into foreign markets because the chinese and the japanese would trade with no one they wanted no nothing but silver. Would, yeah, they wanted nothing but silver and Potosi and those those mountains where they could find the silver. Yeah. That was the vehicle that got them into Asia. So we're talking 
Philip expanded trade on three continents from Europe to South America to Asia. The first round the world trade network. Yep. Yep. When you think about it. But he still pointed those galleons in the wrong direction. (laughs) He did. He did. And, you know, he got bogged down with religious wars. And uh, the second thing I would I would point to for Philip uh, in expanding state would be no one could go up against the Ottoman Empire and win or put them in their place. And Philip did that at the Battle of La, Lepanto. Lepanto, yep, yep, yep. Lepanto in 1571. So that was huge. Someone finally stood up to the Ottomans and trashed them. Yeah, um, and, and in their, their area of expertise, you know, they're not invading Europe. This is invading the Mediterranean. They're good at that. You know, they yeah. are really good at that. Their home field. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the other way of expanding power, I think Philip wins out, is that, you know, Philip becomes the king of Portugal. He becomes the king of France. Uh, well, ultimately, or not the king of France, but he married, uh, didn't he marry that one? He married a, a French princess. Yeah, but he just, right, right. he basically just pissed all over France. France was like his place, his, his little playground that like a cat also used as a litter box and he's both the kid and the cat. Like I don't know how else to explain it. (laughs) Yeah. He he truly could have been a monarch. Had Mary Tudor lived, he could have been a monarch that united all of Europe. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a premise I put forth in the the chasers. I don't, and I think in the episode, you, I don't think anybody understands what if history has no place, but had Philip's plan been realized, had Philip's success lasted, had even Mary lived as long as her father, Philip would have ruled Europe, absolute, and Catholic, yeah. and the Protestant Reformation would have existed nowhere but maybe Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, it would have flared back up. I think the Thirty Years' War is an inevitability, you know, something like that. But I don't know. I, I feel very torn. Expanding the state is hard. I mean, standing up to the Ottomans, for me, I got to note that that's the thing that he did that his father failed to do very often. I mean, Carlos the first had to make, or Charles V, as Charles V, had to make peace with the Protestants just to hold back the Turks. Philip did neither. Uh, he, or, or both, oh, I'm sorry, he did both. He, he did, wait, I don't know how to say that. He did not make peace with the Protestants and whooped some Turkish ass. All right, so that's what I'm trying to say there. But I don't know, expanding is a weird word. I've never used it before and I don't know if I'll use it again. But of our two kings, Louis XIV and Philip II, who do you believe was the greater leader, actor, and statesman? I want to say first, Zach. Um, you, you said you regretted using the word expand. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I wouldn't regret that. I think that's a great question. Um, this is what history is all about, right? It's all about the historical perspective. So right. when you read the word expanding, and you're a historian, you can interpret that in the physical sense, or in the political sense, or the societal sense. It's all up to interpretation, and that's really what history is. You build the narrative around the facts, and whatever right. those facts tell you. Is how you come to your conclusion. So I think I think using the word expanding is a great makes a great question. Wow, summer of Luke. I get compliments from Luke. I don't know what this is, but thanks, Luke. I'm like blushing. Nicotine talking. Yeah. I, I'm like blushing right now. It could be the gin though, but y- you know, I I don't. Yeah, it does make you think. Now, fun fact. I mean, Luke will know what I'm talking about, especially, but I'm sure everybody else remembers too. That that premise, Luke just put forth, is okay everywhere, but the history classroom, because in the history classroom, all the historians in that room want to hear are their thoughts. Uh, you, you know, that's that's so. I might. I had a student, former student, lamenting with me about that. The other day that they're like i'm not even a history major and this guy's like no you're wrong and i'm like but the sources can be interpreted in different ways and i'm like whoa 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 history teacher in high school and history teacher to college they don't want to hear your opinions they want you to reinforce theirs uh the hubris is unreal and um and luke i'm sure you're experiencing that at an unreal level right now 
Yeah, yeah. I, I can tell by I can tell by the questions they ask you to answer that it's like, oh, reinforce my thought process, please. Yeah, yeah. And then when I go to them and, and look for guidance, they're like, your your thesis doesn't really answer the prompt. That's okay. I want to see what you do with this. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, what don't, the don't fuck does that, that mean? Don't All tell right. me to be creative. <laughs> All right, Luke. Did you want to start us off with greater leader, actor, statesman? Uh, no, because I started off last time. <laughs> okay, Kelly. Uh, yeah, I would again go with Louis because I feel it was his, maybe it's narcissist, but he he made himself great. He believed in himself and he acted fully through it. So I would say he is definitely more of a statesman. And Philip, I don't think had that. And I think if he did have a little bit of Louis swagger, he could have been the one of the greatest monarchs in Europe. And I read somewhere this week, I don't remember where, that one of uh, Philip's downfalls is that fact his lack of confidence that he trusted too much in other advisors and listened to them as opposed to you know going with his gut and maybe listening to what he wanted to do initially and I think that's what led to so many of his downfalls and you know the unluckiness of mm -hmm. you know I mean like you talked about in the podcast there were so many what ifs what ifs what ifs mm -hmm. but maybe if he you know had the Louis Swagger it the Louis Swagger. I like <laughs> that. I, I agree with you to, to a point, Kelly. I think that Louis, by the end of their mutual reigns, respective reigns, I should say, I think Louis looked more successful as a statesman, as a stage actor. It it's like he he envisioned it and it came to be. I mean, we well, all that is Louis's greatest like, attribute is what he envisioned yeah. always came to be. But the problem is it was all smoke and mirrors. And yeah. I think that I think that Philip had a lot of smoke and mirrors too, you know. I mean, El Escorial or Versailles, these are epic palaces showcasing greatness that isn't real. It's built on debt and better financial advisors than you could ever hope for. I mean, Louis without Colbert is, is not Louis the Fourteenth, And it's something always worth noting. But I mean, actor, I didn't mean like stage actor, but Louis wins there. But, uh, you, you know, I think, I think I will say both men equally acted to the either betterment and or detriment of their states. I, I, I will say they both were actors. I don't think that they were like background players. But as far as the greater leader, I'm going to give a nod to... Fuck, 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 fuck. I, I don't know. I'm very torn. I, I, I have to default to Louis Fourteenth only because by the end of his reign, he looked more like a success. He had centralized authority and he had he had taken things that existed and changed them for a, for a in a way that 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 made his state stronger whereas philip had kept existing institutions that were floundering and didn't make his state stronger but cullen i saw you nodding your head so why don't we bump to you um i will also go with louis you mentioned about uh louis swagger it's a great that's it a great term because he did he was the showman he did have the presentation the whole concept of versailles and that palace was to wow the hell out of every foreign dignitary that dared to stick their head in and the nobles of france no, yeah, and, and even people that would go back to their palace would think my castle's such a dump, you know, compared to this guy and the Sun King, you know, like he was the the center of the world. And I know that Philip II built what was it, Alcazar, the the place in Madrid, the palace. Did you talk about? Oh, El Escorial. The Alcazar is um, what is the Alcazar? Uh, is That's that the? Is that Granada? The Alcazar was the royal palace in Madrid. But then they yeah. built the Palace Royal, the, the royal palace, yeah, which was used by the Bourbons a lot. But El Escorial is about it's a it's a good hour outside of Madrid, I think, or half okay. hour outside of Madrid. Okay. Yeah. But I guess uh, another similarity is both men built elaborate ornate palaces, you know, to and both men moved the center of power 
from the traditional spots and dragged the court kick, you know, kicking and screaming like, Hey, you're going to go where I tell you, Yes, you know? Yes, and, I agree. And so in terms of statement, I mean, both they're, they're so similar in so many ways, both lost empires, both moved capitals, both had like this Catholic boy scout mentality, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I agree. When you, they said we were were. Com- when you say we were comparing Louis to Philip, I, I just knew that was the perfect match. It, it is. I mean, we have two Catholic zealots who want to centralize their authority, but know that they have to work within the realm or the bounds of their, their kingdom. Louis probably says fuck all more than Philip, but they both build these palaces. Louis certainly makes more of a stage show, but Philip didn't need a stage show. Louis did, you know, and I think that's important to note is that, but I, I think you just hit it spot on. Everybody's hit it spot on. And I, I do agree. I mean, I couldn't pick anybody else to compare to Philip II because they just act so in the same way. The difference is Louis operating in the age and jumpstarting the age of absolutism, whereas Philip is operating outside of an age. This, this middle period between, you know, the fuckery of the Middle Ages... Yeah, and yeah. exploration and and also the Reformation. Yeah, so he has these bookends that he's got to deal with. He's like in a beautiful middle ground where he's like saying, fuck it, I'm going to try and roll absolute, but I'm actually not an absolute monarch, but I act like an absolute monarch, but I'm not. You know, it's, it's yeah, so it's weird. Absolutely. It's yeah. almost hard to grasp. But yeah. Luke, what do you think? Well, you kind of touched upon it just now, Zach, and, and that's what um, I was going to bring up is that like, Kelly, you said there's this Louis swagger that you wish Philip II had. Louis came around 50 years after Philip had already been dead. He establishes absolutism, like you had said, Zach, in the, during the age of absolutism. So you have this movement in Europe where uh, divinely anointed kings really start to get a stranglehold on their power. And Philip is in this weird position in this historical um, timeline where that hasn't taken place yet, and they're still working through the, the late 1600s and kind of the end of the feudal era and kind of moving towards the nation-state perspective. Uh, so it's a really interesting time period when Philip is trying to be an absolute monarch right. before that existed. Right. That's how I always see it, too. He's the absolute monarch before absolute before the age of absolutism. Louis operating within a, a system, like kind of... Con- contradicting what we said earlier you know where we said louis came into a broken state philip came into a successful state well louis operated in an age where everyone wants to be an enlightened despot an absolute despot an absolute monarch etc for 150 plus years philip's operating as an absolute monarch in an age where feudalism is dying out you know what i mean it's not it doesn't work and he you know as usual thanks to isabella he doesn't really have to deal with the pope because the pope's like oh my god spain you're so fucking fantastic uh but still <laughs> So do you think there would be a Louis without a Philip? I, I would be interesting to see, you know, I, I, there's never going to be a source that admits it, but there's no way that Louis didn't model his practices off people like Philip. Um, and and I, honestly, too real, because both men overextended their state because of war. Stupid, foolish wars. There's no way around it. Like, Louis expanded his debt and this is a beautiful segue into patreon but i i do have one more question but louis you know pisses away his kingdom when he could have just sat in his kingdom and been built himself up so great that france could have never been questioned ever you know i mean that's how powerful louis could have made a state for his heirs but instead he just pissed it all away on wars whereas philip also pissed it away on wars but unlike louis well not totally unlike louis they just 
hung on to that Catholicism. But speaking of the two, who do you think would win in a fight? Louis the Fourteenth and his little palace and son at Versailles, or Philip the Second and that hot Spanish son? That didn't mean Carlos there. He's creepy and a serial killer. Uh, so, who do you think would win in a fight? Two monarchs, two pampered princes. I think I know. I'm leaning towards Philip II because I feel like those late medieval, early modern, early, early modern period people still had some medieval badassery in them, uh, you know, as opposed to Louis XIV, who's like a glove slapper. What do you, what do you think, Colin? Uh, Louis XIV, whenever you see pictures of him, he's, he looks pretty frilly. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, but he's he looks... maybe effeminate, maybe not. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but he, yeah, did, yeah. he did love ballet, you know, so mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe he, no, he studies think... Brazilian dance fighting or something like that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Is there such a thing? I don't know. It's from Meet the Fockers. Oh, uh, so oh, okay. Yeah. That's Port Portugal. No, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, no, I think Philip would be uh, more of an ass kicker, you know, inbreeding and all. I guess I, I don't know. Philip did have debilitating gout, but either way, yeah. I agree with Colin. Luke, what do you think? No, I'm I'm going to say Philip II also. Yeah, why? I don't know. I think a Spaniard is going to beat a, a French. Frenchman in any fight. Are we wrong for saying that? I know no Spaniard would disagree with us, but <laughs> I don't disagree <laughs> with you. Before you asked this question, my mind went somewhere else because I started thinking about, like when you started talking about they, they pissed all their money away with these wars, and that got me thinking about, and this has nothing to do with, with who would win in a fight. That got me thinking about the, the war as process concept which was really prevalent in the 16th, 17th, 1800s. Okay, Mr. History student, don't be busting out your, like, I'm still in a master's program kind of shit. I, I have not been in a grad school classroom in eight I'm years. I'm fine. I, I won't continue. No, but what do you second. mean? War, war is a process. Explain. War is process is, was this um, notion that European monarchs at the time used war as a function of state policy to demonstrate and, their power and, and a like function that, yeah. of, of foreign affairs. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to get they, what I want out of foreign affairs yeah, by going to war with you until you surrender and give me what I want. Yeah, and, and there's a really fragile balance of power in Europe during the time. Right. They don't have to appease anybody except perhaps the aristocracy. So you can use war as just a function of state policy. Sure, sure, yeah. That's not possible anymore because now you have elections and you have democracies and you have and nuclear weapons. So, so and and nuclear weapons. So you have the war is event now. War is event is what we have now. War is process is what they had in the eighteenth sure. century. But, but I um, think they both operated that way. They oh, ran their state by did. war. Sure, yes. absolutely, yes, absolutely, they absolutely yeah. did. But you're really right. That doesn't answer the question at all. No, uh, I know. <laughs> Who would win? Did you say Philip would win in a fight because Spain beats France? Yeah, yeah, Spain beats France every time. But Kelly, do yeah. you disagree? Luke, no, thanks for that, by the way. That was very intelligent sounding. Summer Luke, I had to let it go. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, Kelly, what do you think? I think Philip is second to win. I think it's, like Colin said, the inbreeding. He's just got to have a little crazy in him. I think, you know, he'd go batshit. Oh, I didn't win. even think about that. He's got that inbreeding yeah. crazy. His son was basically yeah. a serial killer in the making. You're right. That inbreeding crazy plus Spain beats France every time. I, Colin, do you remember our first trip to uh, Europe? In uh, my first trip to Europe, 2006, uh, that, that World Cup, we were there during the World Cup. And, and remember, um, it was France v. Italy for the World Cup. Yes, and when Italy beat France, the people of Barcelona 
took over the streets, burned French flags. It was a a wonderful moment to be a part of in history. I, I, were, yeah, never I remember we all that. went out. At, uh, yeah, you're right. That well, yeah, and, and, and you and Jackie actually sat and watched the game together. Because you kept oh, a group, okay. you a few of us went to the Fountain Show, and a few of you stayed back to watch the World Cup, and Jackie and another friend of mine stayed back with you. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that was... I remember that bar. Yeah, I remember... Your, your well, I don't know. Maybe you went to a bar. It was, they a, it was, it was a restaurant. It was I the guess. hotel, whatever it was. Lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the lobby? I can't remember. I think it was the hotel lobby, yeah. I remember the night, though. Jackie, I'll have shirt. Jackie get me the picture, and I'll post it. Yeah, we all have blue shirts on. Yes, yeah. the blue it Italia shirts, and it was... I will, I will have Jackie get me that picture, and we'll post it to the Facebook group, because yes, Cullen also show. knows my wife. So Kelly, who do you say? Did you say Philip Louis? Philip Louis? Who'd you say? Philip. Philip. Okay, Philip wins in a fight. But speaking of fight, you won't believe it, but that's our 20 minutes of fun. So we have debated these guys. We will come back for footprint. Uh, the timer keeps us honest, but we need to move quickly to Patreon land to discuss a couple of quick questions. I did want to ask in Patreon land, uh, you know, the rise and fall theme is new to this season, but I wondered, do you think Louis XIV is more responsible for the rise or fall of France? I figured we might try and figure that out. Plus, uh, you know, I really want to hear Luke's thoughts on Theodore Roosevelt, which we didn't get to hear. So we're going to jump to Patreon land. Listeners, just follow the link in the show notes to get access to this exclusive bonus content. So uh, listeners, as we wrap this one up, uh, you will likely want to check out that episode uh, and support the show in the process in which uh, we discussed Luke's thoughts on Theodore Roosevelt. Plus, we hashed out a little bit of Louis on the rise and fall uh, you know, theme of this season. So before we move into footprint, I have to ask the question we must always ask. Who do you think was the bigger piece of shit? The man who may have killed his son or the man who may have put even family in an iron mask? I think uh, Louis is the bigger piece of shit. Why? I, I felt like he took France kind of backwards um, with religious tolerance. The fact that it, you know, was somewhat okay. And he's like, nah, let's just kill everybody. I agree. And you know, he, he expelled the Jews. I mean, how many people died under his persecution, um, under, you know, the killing in the name of God? And I know you mentioned a, some law, I don't remember what it was, um, about slaves. Wait, what? Code Noir. That's sure. Law. Yeah. Louis, um, Louis's going to import more slaves and begin the process of importing more slaves under Jean Talon's intendancy ship. Um, but and he's also going to institute the Code Noir. So there's a lot with Louis that makes him a total yeah. piece of shit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, they're both yeah. pieces of shit, but I'm going to have to give my hat to Louis on this one. Yeah, Phil. Yeah, plus Louis, I always can't escape the fact that like. Louis like sneaks in the code noir plus we're going to expel all the Jews from French America like why Louis why but anyway so um, Luke who do you think is a bigger piece of shit uh, I think Louis and I have to agree with Kelly really um, it comes down to uh, kind of going backwards as far as toleration goes uh, you're, you're establishing a I don't know uh, if it's racial definitely a religious purity um, in a very Christian country. I think that with Louis, I have a problem with his religiosity. Unlike Philip, Philip was operating in a kingdom that was uber Catholic and in an age where 
spreading Catholicism was still an okay thing to do, but but Louis the Fourteenth was operating after that shouldn't have been a thing anymore. I mean, yeah. political scientists point to 1648 as the moment where religion stops being of importance as a primary motivator for conflict. But Louis's like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to go with the whole Catholic thing again. Why not? You know, it's a it's a solid racehorse. Why not ride it a little further? Cullen says no, though. Cullen is shaking his head. No, why? The Dutch Revolt. If he was so tolerant and okay with, you know, non-being people being non-Catholic, the entire uh, quagmire that get that he gets uh, Philip II gets bogged down with with the Dutch Revolt, I think was was huge. I mean, they let Belgium alone because Belgium decided to break and go Catholic uh, and stay with the Habsburgs, but the Netherlands chose not to, and it was a matter of religion there. Uh, and yeah, sure, Louis did have the Code Noir, which you know that is that is a POS curve because if as long as you're Catholic, sure. you can be a slave owner. You yeah. know that was that was bad. Um, and then also, uh, can you can you uh, answer a question for me, Zach? I can In try. In your podcast, you mentioned the ecomiendas being expanded under Philip II. Yeah, in the Philippines, but they were outlawed in the New World. Yes, right. What was his re- rationale? Why? Why? Probably why because ex- the new laws only address the New World, and he could do it in the Philippines. So why would he give a fuck? Uh, if okay. I was going to, it really deserves piece of shit point. Really, when you think about it. Well, and, and then the biggest POS point for Philip is the Inquisition. If you torture people and have a systematic, you know, where people are getting pulled out of their houses and put into terrible torture devices and stuff like that, you know, uh, just to root out some possible heretics. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think I don't remember that Louis the Fourteenth tortured had anybody tortured or. Well, know, he did them. take Catholic children away from Huguenot. the families, or Huguenot uh, children away from their families and put them with Catholic families, and he did send the feed yeah. de Bois to the New World, which is basically like pimping out uh, his orphans of the state. I mean, right. if you want to twist it, you can twist. It. Well, and and I guess Louis also with the Edict of Nantes and the Edict of Nantes and the revocation or the Edict of Fontainebleau. So there again, Louis, you know, it, both of these guys, again, they're so similar and they're yes. so... They piss on toleration. Yeah. They piss yeah. on toleration, they piss on peace, and then they piss all over their state. Right. In if the name piss of was dead. <laughs> in that last yeah. case, yes. And, and both men used their empire to expand it, with the Jesuits, because let's not let the church out of this one. I mean, yeah. sending the Jesuits yeah. overseas, God's yeah. Marines. Yeah. To, oh, my God. You know. Without the Jesuits, the Habsburgs wouldn't have found success in the Americas. You know, it's it's, right. it's totally true. And they knew yeah. that come the Bourbons and Pommel in Portugal, uh, you know, because yeah. they kicked them out. So it, yeah. It's tough for me. W- w- saying, like, which is a better quality human being, Stalin or Hitler? They're both. Sure, equally. they're both equally yeah. pieces of shit. I, I can get behind that. I don't know if we have a bigger piece of shit. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Philip just to be different. If you believe Philip killed his son, that would nod in your favor. If you believe the, the Leo DiCaprio film that Louis locked his twin brother in a mask or whatever, that would put Louis there. But that's all conjecture. And so I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call. I, so, so maybe we should just uh, move to footprint. Who do you think left behind the bigger footprint? Philip II of Spain or Louis XIV of France? Colin, you want to start us off? Yeah, again, I'll go with Philip II, uh, bigger footprint, because, you know, again, he ha- had Mary lived um, and he had remained married to her, uh, Mary Tudor. I do believe he would have been like a Charlemagne, a, a someone that unites sure. the, the body the body of Europe together under yeah, a giant Catholic, you know, old, like, I don't know. Like the Counter-Reformation wouldn't have been known as the Counter-Reformation, it would have been known as the 
re-Catholicism. Great restoration. Yeah, the yeah, restoration the, of Europe. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah. yeah. As well as, you know, controlling Central and South America. And, you know, while Louis did have Canada, New France, and, you know, Siam, I mean, they were in uh, Siam in the 1680s. So sure, it's not sure, like sure. They, the French didn't expand other places too, but not on the scale of the Spanish and you know, that armada was trucking silver across the seas. Right. Spanish expansion was always the showiest for certain. You know, it and was not always, always good. No, yeah, it wasn't always good, but it was always horrible. the showiest. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. once they get Portugal, they're like, hey, the world is, is ours. Yeah. So I'm going to agree with Cullen and say Philip II, but I am going to add a twist to all his points on positive expansion and say that his, hmm, as far as footprint foot as far as footprint never drinking gin on the show again um as far as footprint goes i've heard that before no i said wine <laughs> wine was the old thing I, I literally bought brought a bottle of gin with me i don't know what i was thinking uh anyway and it's still there just listeners just to be clear the gin is not all gone uh so yeah, yeah. um oh, it's not that small <laughs> anyway so oh fuck oh yeah okay uh so philip had a lot of positive impacts, but he had some negative impacts too. But those negative impacts had a ripple effect around the world. Uh, the defeat of the Spanish Armada, I teach it in my classes, opening the seas. Although historians say it doesn't have a, a massive secular impact, uh, questioning Spanish naval hegemony and supremacy had the effect of saying, hey, fuck it, we're France, we're Britain, we're the Dutch, we're going to explore the new world and steal your shit. We don't care anymore. You can't stop us. And they did it. They. It's not like, oh, they said it and they didn't do it. They said it and they fucking did it. Jamaica became British, the French got Saint-Domingue, all within a hundred years after Philip's reign. And, it, you know, I, I think that as far as Philip goes, all his successes matched with all of the failings that opened so many new doors. Legacy? Meh. Probably Louis. But but footprint, Philip, 100%. Luke, what do you think? I'm going to say Philip as uh, for footprint. And I'm going to say Louis for legacy. Yeah. I, I know I've made a similar argument before. I love that argument, though. But um, I, I think it definitely applies in this case because Louis appears in textbooks and history books all over the place. So does Philip, but nobody remembers him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody remembers it. And uh, and you talk about Versailles. Versailles is so well known. Well, Philip had Escorial. Well, not everybody talks about that as much as you talk about Versailles. All right. Honesty point. I thought I visited El Escorial. I didn't. I visited the Royal Palace of Madrid. That's how little I knew about El Escorial. It was an embarrassing moment for me This when I was researching film. I'm like, oh, fuck, I didn't visit El Escorial. But, you know, uh, I'll be honest with my listeners and tell them straight up. But you're right. It reinforces Luke's point. Sorry. Yeah, Luke, I, I, I don't think I have much else to add there. But, uh, yeah, uh, Philip, as far as Footprint goes. I, I love it. Kelly? I'm going to go with Louie. Kind of to go back to my original point as I was like, Philip who? Um, I more know him as, you know, Mary Tudor's husband and the foreign modder. Yeah, I, that's why. That's how I was like, oh, yeah, that was Mary's husband. Oh, yeah, like Elizabeth beat his armada. But for Louis, I do, I mean, I think about, you know, he brought France to this grandstanding, even if it was, you know, in his own mind. But, you know, he also contributed to the fall of France. So with his... Sure. Okay. expenditures and whatnot eventually leading to the french revolution uh, yes that's legacy footprint i have to go louis just 
as someone who is really bad at world history. How I dare you that. use my own point <laughs> against me, Kelly? You can't use my points against me. That's not fair. But if I sit here and say, hey, Louis responsible for the debt that caused the French Revolution. And then I say, but Louis didn't have a, a long lasting effect. But, you know, isn't it amazing that the non-world history community, you know, and it's interesting, we have about two U.S. people and two world people here. And it's Everybody remembers Philip's failures, but nobody remembers Philip's accomplishments. And he had so many accomplishments and everybody remembers Louis' successes because they were so flashy and flary. And Kelly, that's kind of what you said. And it's just so frustrating, but I can't think of a better moment to move to the vote because we are both, I, I think we've brought up so many wishy-washy, not wishy-washy points in terms of vagueness, but in terms of I don't know where I stand. I don't know where you guys stand. This might be one of those episodes where I literally have no idea where anybody stands. So I guess it's time to vote. I will give a fruitless three to one point and you will try to shout out. We will try to shout out our, our answers. But before I ask if everyone's ready, does anyone have any follow-up points that they want to bring up desperately? Uh, one, one quick question. Yes. Um, why didn't Philip marry Mary, Queen of Scots? Because he wanted a legitimate queen to marry after, I know the after answer. Mary Tudor died. I, oh, wait. I, I half know the answer. Was, okay, well, wasn't she already married to somebody else? To Francis else? the First of France, but he died very young, died. so why didn't he try and remarry her? But oh, I, thought shit. She, I thought she remarried somebody she else. She remarried the Dudley later, guy, and that's what cost he her would go head. back and marry James. I think it was James or something of Scotland. She married um, he, uh, something Stuart. Right. That's well, where we get the she is a steward. In fact, that's my point. No, she Mary wasn't a steward. She married a steward. Oh, she married Jane. She yeah, married Jane. Uh, Sir something Stuart. Hold on. I'll get his name. Go ahead. Wait, Luke, I, I got it here. I got steward. it. She married, she was first married to Francis II. Yes. Catherine then de Medici. She Medici's married son. Uh, Henry Stuart. Yes. And he and died. And then and she he had married Jane. No, wait, but, he, but in, that, in that marriage, she had James I of House Stuart. Yes. Yes, and then he, right, she married the Dudley right. guy, and the Dudley guy fucked it and all my, up. For my him. point being is the Stuarts had a more legitimate claim to the throne than the Tudors. If but had he married to... Elizabeth, he could have produced an heir. He tried to marry well, he, Elizabeth. Well, yes, he tried to marry Elizabeth. She wouldn't have any of it. And that's why I thought an end around would have been go for Mary, Queen of Scots. She's Catholic. She's probably his cousin somehow. Right. Hey, I mean, they're Luke, all really. When does Mary Queen of Scots die? When does Mary, Queen of Scots, die? Oh, fuck this shit. Uh, the vodka's really died um, 1587. That's the answer. He was still married. Mm. So she he died in so, so, okay, I know why, Colin. He vowed to never marry anyone outside of the Habsburg dynasty after his last marriage. And in doing that, he would have never man, married Mary. Keep it in the family. <laughs> Got to keep it real, man. Got to keep it in the yeah, family. Right. So that was a great question and a fun prose. But I'm going to go with, hey... Keep it in the family, man. Uh, so <laughs> any other thoughts or do we ready to move to the vote? Is everybody ready? Oh, all right. Oh, you're not ready? No. I, I, I mean, I got to come up with something though. So whatever. I am not ready. I am so, I've just, I've, I feel like not only have I debated with you guys, but I've debated with myself all night. Um, are we ready to do the three, two, one? All right, here we go. Who is greater and who deserves this round's crown of greatness? Philip II or Louis XIV of France? Three, two, one, point. Philip, Philip II. Louis. Okay, Luke, I don't know what you said. I said Louis. Oh, fuck, we have a tie. What do we do? 
Andy Cheever's is going to break it. Oh Cheever's my gosh. Okay. Do we Are have we... tie-breaking rules? We, Wait, don't, we have don't have tie-breaking rules. Have we ever we, had time? No, because I always lose. Um, <laughs> so wait, we literally have a tie. So do we? Do we literally want to put it to Andy Cheevers? Let let I say we do it. Let's fuck with them all. Hey, listeners, we are going to put this to our Australian correspondent representing both Australia and all of Asia, Oceania, and the Philippines and, spiders, and the right? countries. Right. Okay. So listen, uh, listeners, we are not going to for the first time in DGMH history. We have a tie since Luke and I were the only two on the show, and Cullen and I have voted Philip the second, and Luke and Kelly have voted uh, Louis the fourteenth. We are at a time we can't break it and jackie's inside and latte can't talk so we are going to go to andy cheevers andy cheevers when you listen to this post a whole entire post ranting about who you would choose on the facebook page and then i will come on in a special bonus episode for three minutes and tell you the answer to the question who wins this round's crown of greatness because we are deadlocked in the tie and andy cheevers we need your help we need it now. You're our only uh, hope, Andrew Cheevers. Andrew Cheevers, we need you. Go team Luke needs your help. Uh, so bring your spiders and all. And uh, Andy Cheevers, we're relying on you. But we are, oh my gosh, I love it. This is season three, the season of fuck all. We do whatever we want. Um, we are not deciding who wins this round. Bring, bring, bring your giant spiders and your koala bears and kangaroo steaks. Wait, yep. they eat kangaroos? Yeah. Look at that. Makes Koala bears too. No yeah. fucking way. Not the baby the ones in the meat. not the yeah. baby ones in the pouch though, right? No, no, no. That's do you know that for a fact? No, they don't eat. They don't okay, eat. I hope to God not, because that sounds like veal on they, steroids. They definitely eat kangaroo though. Uh, okay, this is depressing. So on that <laughs> note, Andy Cheevers, this is a test. If you truly like love this show, deer in there in Australia. I can't believe that we are not deciding who wins this round. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I'm ready to quit the show. I it, can't stand ties. There has to be a winner. Well, we didn't ever with officially after this vote from Andy Cheevers, who we've put the vote to. Andy Cheevers, we rely on Andy Cheevers. We want you to decide who wins this round. Person. Shots are rather. We, but we need a fifth. We need an odd number. We can't no, because have five every the last. Last time we had five, it took two and a half hours. Uh, so I'm never doing that again. But listeners, oh, this sets precedent now. So yes. whenever there is a tie in the future, we go to Andy Cheevers. The problem is, it's like three in the morning there, so we can't just text them up and say, "Who do you vote <laughs> the for?" Hell so, we can't. so Andy Cheevers, when you listen to this, and listeners, as long as it takes Andy Cheevers uh, to listen to this, it will you will not it's, get to know who wins listen, this round. It's already tomorrow. Period. There, it's in the future. So I don't you know, even know. He's already I don't, made the decision. It's already tomorrow. I am it's so mindfucked right now. It's all in all the gin and the mindfuckery. Uh, Andy Cheevers, we need you to decide, Philip or Louis. Listen to the whole episode. We're recording this podcast in the present. Yes. No, Luke, stop it. When it goes on when it airs, well, no. Oh, my it's God. Well, there you have like it. Or when it airs, it will be in the future. But when, when, uh, no, when no, Chiefers no, I, I say wait, the summer of the Luke past. will end now. I hate the summer of Luke. All right. Well, we don't know who won this round's crown of greatness, but I look forward to finding out and I will make big posts on every social media platform. This is a, a precedent setting. Hey, we need to finally deal with, we need to set a rule for what we do with ties. Hey, Cullen, we did decide that it would be Cheevers. Cheevers is the deciding vote for tonight. Terrible, terrible. Two to two. Well, that's it. We don't You're know. You're supposed who won. to lose, Zach, and then we all move <laughs> on with our night. I didn't lose for a change. 
Uh, it's the I'm world history versus the non-world history people, but that's it. We don't know who won this round's <laughs> crown of greatness. Andy Cheevers, when you listen to this, I know you're going to get a big laugh out of it because you. it is up to you, Andy Cheevers, to decide who wins this round's crown of greatness, Philip II or Louis XIV. Uh, but if you enjoyed this round, oh, you probably are leaving the show at this point, honestly. <laughs> but if you enjoyed this round of drinks with great minds in history, then please consider leaving the show a great, hopefully five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at DGMH, DGMH History, and be sure to join in the conversation, which I'm sure will be a wonderful fucking conversation on the DGMH Facebook group as Andy Cheevers desperately <laughs> tries to decide who moves on. Because you know what? I'm deciding right now, too, as this is a tie. Whoever wins this goes to the Battle Royale, whether it be Louis or Philip. Oh, uh, yes, oh, I have changed boy. the game. I have changed the game. Whoever wins goes to the Battle Royale. Maybe I'll finally get to see Louis there. But there are plenty of fun chats and memes shared there. If you uh, are all cut up on DGMH, consider uh, supporting the show at the DGMH Patreon page. There, listeners can get access to even more great content. I can't even read the screen anymore. I'm never bringing gin again. I hereby decree. Uh, including the bonus, bonus psych and shots conversations, pregame chats, moments with Mr. DGMH, and now and you know forevermore, I hope, Cullen Chats China, where Cullen chats with me about the rich history of a country I know next to nothing about, but we may have gotten canceled tonight uh, well, from maybe. that. And Pete talks Portugal. That's gonna be Yes, and Pete... I gotta find a P word of the... Is a synonym for talks. I don't Pete fucking repeats. know. Pete repeats Portuguese history or whatever. I don't even know, but it's coming to a, a Patreon near you. Well, let's. Uh, what's everybody doing a shot of tonight? I am doing apple pie moonshine because I missed Luke. Colin's finished his beer. Oh fuck! We I, we are already behind. I promised Jackie be at eight, and then eight fifteen is eight thirty four. I am a dead man walking, but this was great. This was a fun episode. This, it was fun. Oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The summer of Luke. Oh, summer of Luke. <laughs> <laughs> summer of Luke. That Seinfeld episode was just on this past week. <laughs> oh yeah, that's how I got the inspiration. For summer of George. Yeah, just don't break your legs. Hey, hey, Luke, just remember, <laughs> if anybody complains about your abilities, just say you were in the pool. Uh, so yeah. on that note, Cullen, if you're a Seinfeld fan, that was a small penis joke. Uh, so on that note, not that... Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, well, what are you doing a shot of tonight, Luke? American Honey. Oh, Luke back, is back, back in full favorites. I love Bands it. back Ke together. Kelly, what are you doing a shot of tonight? Uh, I have to do another shout out to a former student who I ran into last weekend. He's he uh, he's 22 now. He and his dad have gotten into the rum business, and so he Where? has a um, in Florida. Uh, it's called Papa's. We're going Pillar, and it's an Ernest Hemingway rum. So it's the they, he told me it was the only blonde rum on the market. Where is um, he at? I don't know. He gave me a bottle from the trunk of his car. Yep. <laughs> Can you get me a bottle of that? Um, I can try. Try I, your I, best. I saw him. Yeah, I saw him randomly. I wasn't expecting to run into him, but if he gets he me a bottle, we will continue good. to feature it on the episode. Yes. Yeah, so I will contact him. We're Facebook friends now, so I can tag him. Um, we have a large Florida listenership. So it's it's excellent. He said it's the only blonde rum, and you know we love Ernest Hemingway. Yes, so. we do. Well, that so was fun. Papa's. 
All right. So we're, Kelly's going to give me more information for that. And your your little former student's going to give me a bottle of it. I'm going to post it to the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram uh, to get some notoriety out there because I've never heard of this nor seen it anywhere, but a blonde rum. How fun. Kellen mm-hmm. spat, finishing off his spatting tonight. And I am doing uh, apple pie moonshine. So cheers to you guys. Let's raise a glass to Philip II, his cousins, his wives, their chins, which are all honestly seeming to blur together. Still, as a leader of Spain, you, Philip II, had a great impact for certain, but I'm not sure that your impact was really good. Shout out to Louis XIV as always, but I don't know about anyone else, but I sure am ready for a break from all this incest. Uh, That did not come out quite right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On that note, cheers. Uh, Cheers. Cheers. Oh, delicious. Oh, that was so good. Kelly, when you see me and I'm totally hungover tomorrow, you know why. Uh, <laughs> okay. Four shots of gin later. Four shots of, four shots of gin later. And uh, <laughs> a shot of apple pie moonshine. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on. This was fun. Cheers. I'm going to end the recording so we can say goodbye. Cheers. Cheers.